the Week 14 Recap and Monday Night Football two-timer edition of the Bottom Line Bombs on Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, a sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and make sure to start making smarter bets today. And with that, We'll stop the pre-roll thing and get this thing going. Let's do it. Yes, welcome. To the bottom line, Bobs. I am your host, CJ Sullivan, the bet detective, Dommenheimer, the man in the box. Yes, you are here for the bottom line, Bobs, on Monday, December 11th. That's 12 11. I'm just looking at this. A lot of things are distracting me here. Obviously. Anyway, welcome to the part of the C block continuation. We just did a college show that was kind of all over the place, but it was good and entertaining. It got me revved up for this. The bottom line bombs. You are we are in the one hundredth episode of the bottom line bombs. It's a monumentous number. Or it's just a number that comes up. It sneaks up fast, but can I believe that? C generates. This is it. I've been doing a hundred times. It's been me in the box, talking into a microphone in a box, some remote, usually a lot here in studio in Eagle Rock, California, at the SGPN studios. But it's been a lot of complaining, a lot of screaming, a lot of breaking down, some picks, some bombs, some hits, some misses. But bombs all the way. Captain Insano. Says 100 bomb salute. All right. What if I did that? Ryan has. He says Daniel Bellinger, 101 two bomb touchdown bombs away. We might have to do that just for the hundredth bomb episode. Right? We gotta do something like that. On today's 100th episode, I'll. I'm not gonna do any special. It's not like you're gonna be. Like, ah! Welcome, because then, you know, best of clips of the t- first 100 shows. If you have any memories, go ahead and put them in the chat. But uh, I'm certainly not going to edit up any clips for that. I already do that. I already do that enough every week, for every show. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It just seems like a lot of work. But thank you. The congratulations are coming in. I appreciate it. Um, but on today's show, there are two Monday Night Football games, a double dipper, double header, double dapper. Two timer. Uh, we'll talk about the. I'll break. I'll detonate bombs for both those games, and then we'll recap the NFL 14 action that happened. A lot of fun things that happened, including the Kansas City, of course. Uh, I'll get into that and our bomb contest. We we went uh, pretty good on that. We started off the new quarterly pretty good. We'll get into that as well. Um, but like we said, we got to ha- we because time is of an essence. I'll break down. The two Monday night football games. There's not much to recap over the weekend other than um, the Army-Navy game, which we hit. We gave out Army and the over. The over hit on that safety. What a great American moment, just like the bottom line bombs. Dominheimer. Anyway, two Monday night football games tonight. Why are there two Monday night football games tonight, and why are they happening concurrently? Because the NFL doesn't care about you. They they know they have all the power and they're just experimenting on us. We are guinea pigs and we will watch it. We will watch all of them. They're, ha- they're doing it at the same time because they said they want to bring in the Sunday experience of multiple games and onto a Monday night. What? That defeats the purpose of the one game. What it is is they know they have so many terrible games that we need something to switch off to and we need to fucking multi-view. Ryan Hassel said the Army-Navy game was great, but the punt definitely hit that Navy kid's foot. Well, I don't know. He did. He definitely reacted like he did and like you would think. 
And you think the, the honesty of the soldiers would come through and say, you know those commercials when they do that? Remember that commercial one time about about telling the truth? Like the ball went out of bounds in a basketball game, and they're like, all right, blue ball. And the guy's like, no, actually, it went off me. It's theirs. They're like, what are you doing? Telling the truth. And everyone's like, this is a great kid. That's, so, that's such bullshit. That would never happen in a game. And and nothing proved that more than an Army-Navy game. Because if ever it would happen, you would think it would be in a fucking Army-Navy game. Who's more honest than those guys? Well, it turns out a lot of people. <laughs> but. We got the Army win, even though they tried to they tried to let him up, but it was a great game. Lane Elliott says, what's up, my G? Lane, welcome. Welcome to the 100th episode of the Bottom Line Bombs. We're just getting into the two Monday Night Football games. Uh, 4-0 in the contest, 4-3-1. 4-0, we got the Giants tonight for the fourth win. We're already calling that. We got them plus 6.5. Right now, the line 6-37. and 37. So we're going to take advantage of the double game. Before they would they did early ones just to see what we'd do. Double Manning cast tonight. Oh God, that's gonna be something. The Manning brothers watching both games at the same time. How can they ignore two games at the same time? <laughs> Tell you what I do like uh about the Manning cast. I like when they um can't believe that a terrible quarterback doesn't play like they did, you know? Who was who was last week's game? I forget. For now, I forget who the Monday night game was last week. But he was like, "Good God, why does he just throw it to Eli? Like, why does he just back shoulder it down the sideline to this?" Oh, it was the Jacksonville, Cincinnati game, which actually turned out to be pretty good. But it was like C.J. Beathard and Jake Browning, who's been good, but still, they're like, "Wow, why didn't he just?" Look off the safety there and throw it back hip 50 yards on the flag pattern because he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback, Peyton. That's why. Anyway, it'll be a fun show. Lane Elliott likes Wicks over 17 and a half long reception. I like that too. I like Wicks. Um, I was talking to Cram Dog, who's a giant fanatic and analytical, broke down the Giants, and he, does, he doesn't think Dobbs or any Reed or any of those guys are going to get him, but except for, but he does believe. Wix does have a chance. What's up, JC from KC? We'll get to you, but you got a bomb. Soundtrack. He's got a paper bag over his emoji head. <laughs> the chat room is lit. Um, so with the two games tonight, you have Miami, Tennessee. The line is 14 and 46. Giants plus six, Giants 637. Um, it is a fun opportunity to cross props. Prop cross. You know? Instead of doing the same game parlay, two guys in the opposing teams. We'll do, we've got four teams, four different sets of props. So I want to combine some Titans and Giants and some Packers and Dolphins. Why not? Some faves and some dogs. That's what I like tonight. I like both dogs tonight. Um, I took the six and a half, obviously, in the contest for the Giants. I, I still like them a plus six. We'll give out that bomb. And Tennessee plus 14, that's... that's that's a little more dicey because Miami does like beating up on bad teams and Tennessee has a horrible secondary. But 14 is a lot for a Mike Vrabel coach team. We'll take Tennessee. But the but more importantly, let's get to the props. Here's three prop parlays. I want to give out three two-player prop parlays. And they're both cross, they're both cross games, cross game sports night. So uh, the first one's a three to one. This is very doable. Saquon Barkley anytime touchdown and Derrick Henry anytime touchdown. So it's Derrick Henry and Derrick Henry's starting to uh, crank it up again. He he gets stronger as the season goes on. And Barkley just has an amazing plus matchup versus a Packers rush defense, which is awful. I mean Pacheco, fuck that spaz lit him up last week. Um, he hasn't scored. I think he's only scored one rushing touchdown this week, but he has had four this season. I mean. So Barkley to score a touchdown is minus one ten, I think, and Derrick Henry might be plus one ten. So you parlay together. That's uh, three to one. Bing. Barkley Henry touchdown. Two stud running backs to score. Sounds of Suburbia says he just started following about a month ago. Love the show. Love to hear you, Suburbia. Come on in. The bandwagon is complete. There's plenty of room. You are joining us for this. If you're just joining us now, the 100th episode of the Bottom Line Bombs the, for the man in the box. But thank you. Come on in, Suburbia. This isn't like one of those, you know, 
alternative punk bands, you know, we're like, oh man, I like they were cool when I knew them before anyone else knew them. No. Nope. Welcome. Well, I welcome any late comers, any late bloomers. Thank God you showed up. No fucking hipster credentials here for the man in the box. The other one, Hyatt, 27 and a half. Some people say DeVito, DeVito likes DeVito likes a Hyatt. How have, I, how have I not gone into the DeVito yet? DeVito chicken, chicken cutlets. Tommy DeVito. And one thing about Tommy DeVito, he's actually been a little bit better. A little bit better than he usually started off with. Just a little bit. The classic De Niro impression. A little bit. So Tommy DeVito, he had a nice weekend at home. He had Sunday night off. He got to see, he got to get the gravy at home. The chicken cutlets. Sunday gravy. They have dinner at 2 p.m. because they're attacked. I, uh, as an Eagle fan, I uh, yelled the word Dago last night very loud and in, 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 in a, uh, a, a violent way. Not a violent way, but in a, in a bad intention way when it came to Coach Nick Sirianni going for it on fourth down and other things. And I looked up the origin story of Dago. And I can say Dago because I hate Italians. Um, and I'm part of that. I'm just joking. I grew up with a bunch of Italians from Jersey. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but it means uh, deckhand, like a deckhand, like a for it's Portuguese. The the origin story for Diego, Diego comes from Diego, which is a Portuguese deckhand, which is an insult, obviously. So now uh, that's how I'm going to code switch. That's how I'm going to not code switch. Code language, color code. How do you fucking do it? Anyway, I'm going to call the Tom. If Tommy DeVito throws a couple interceptions, I'm going to call him a Portuguese deckhand. Is what I'm going to say. A dumb deckhand. Anyway, Hyatt over 27 and a half. He does have a connection with him. And we're going to go with Chigo, the Tennessee tight end. He's also coming on. He was supposed to be a um, have a big year. He was not, but now he's been coming along. Chigo Akanawako. His number is 32 and a half yards. So parlay Chigo over 32 and a half and Hyatt over 27 and a half. Bomb that. Oh. <laughs> Again, the wrong sound bite. You would think on the 100th episode I would have this down pat. I do not. Those are good, easy numbers. The parlay, they, they pays uh, 240, I believe. And if another one is Jalen Waddle over 66 and a half and Dobbs for the Packers over 45 and a half, bomb that. So those are three prop, two team cross sport, Manning brother, double dipper. Parlay, speaking of the Manning cast, and then I got to get to the ad reads. Those are my Monday Night Football bombs for you. How about when, uh, you know what's so funny about um, the Manning cast, I think? And I like the Manning cast. They're good, you know. But athletes come on there and they try to be entertained. It's it's such an awkward situation where the people try to be entertaining there for them. It's just like, it's a reason why I should say this in the 100th episode here of the Bottom Line Bombs. The reason for my show and uh, the, th the essence behind it is that I'm a comic impersonating a sportscaster, not the other way around. I used to be the tagline for Visitor's Locker Room, my old show. Because um, when people try to be funny on the air, when they're not, like athletes and fucking sportscasters, it gets bad. They have to apologize. <laughs> Which is always funny to me. But anyway, so, like, Trevor Lawrence was on the Manning cast a couple weeks ago, and he's, he started doing a British accent. It's so weird. Like, okay, like, you're doing, like, an eighth-grade talent contest. What can I do? What can I do? And I feel bad for them, you know, because Trevor, you know, they have pressure to perform. I don't know why they do, but they do. And last week, Tua was on there, and he had a guitar back there, and the Manning brothers like, hey, what's that guitar? Why don't you, you know how to play a guitar? Play, play a song. There's bullies. Entertainment bullet. Play us a song. So two is like, okay, I'll I'll do my uh, level two guitar lesson song for you. How about Tears in Heaven? Eric Clapton, and then he starts fucking playing. Eric Clapton, Tears in Heaven, during the Monday Night Football game. You know, beep, 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 which is a song about Eric Clapton's kid falling out of a window and dying, by the way. That's not important, though. <laughs> it's a sad song. And he said, and Tua's singing it. Beep, 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 beep. And then the fucking Manning brothers start Weird Al Yankovicking the lyrics to make it a football. Like, would you throw the ball? 
If I saw you in single coverage, do do, would you bootleg option? You're talking about Clapton's child falling out of a window. Does anyone know this? What are we doing here? <laughs> anyway, I loved it. Made for great TV. <laughs> But I felt bad for two. I was like, well, I don't know. I only know one fucking song. I don't, I'm not a guitar player. I'm a quarterback. I had that back. I had it back there for the look of the apartment. Jesus Christ. I was just setting up a Zoom call. Oh, would you now I'm playing this shit? Amazing. Anyway, hilarious. So tonight, it'll be Manny Cast doing two games. Oh my God. Hopefully we'll get the Bose dogs and hopefully we'll get those uh, giants plus six and a half to get that contest in there and start that rolling. And we'll be rolling five and zero. Oh. anyway, first, let me tell you about prize picks. Prize picks is a, uh, good way to follow along with the game. You know, it's a, uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a daily fantasy sports game made easy. All you got to do is you can you can cross-court cross parlay it, or you can do what I did tonight. You can do higher, high it, over 27.5, Dobbs over 46.5. Uh, you could do Bronny James's kid with a block shot highlight. I don't fucking know. Um, but like I like to say every time, so the, the reason why I like prize picks, and I do play it every week, I'm not just saying this because I'm being paid very handsomely to. Uh, but they offered a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half, does not return, that player's rebooted. Prize picks is the only, like, say if you had Justin Herbert yesterday. Then you get, uh, then you get some of that sweet stick stats coming at you. Price picks the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Now I will not do a hypothetical about tonight. That's why I'll do. I'm out, I've learned my lesson. Every time I've done these ad reads, I've done hypothetical injury ones, and that player's actually got hurt. I did Joey. I did Joe Burrow. Yes, uh, a couple weeks ago when he got hurt on Monday night. Um, who got hurt? Oh, I did Trevor Lawrence last week, and he got hurt. And then he somehow played. It was incredible. So I have a, I have an, I have an amazing knack for bringing doom and gloom with injuries. Anyway, go to PrizePicks.com backslash SGPN. Use code SGPN for the first deposit match up to hundred dollars. That's PrizePicks.com backslash SGPN. Code SGPN. All right, we are. Back and then, um, actually, did that yesterday with Sean Green, Sean and Ryan on Vsin Live, the Friday night show. They gave out a a parlay, in game parlay of a touchdown for for Isaiah Likely, the Ravens tight end, and Hunter Long, a Rams tight end, because Higby was out, and uh, it was like it was a pretty gross pay. I played it, and Likely, of course, scored immediately. So I'm like, all right, here's a big sweat. Oh, we, let's hit it. And I screen grabbed the ticket to them. And as soon as I did that, Long got carted off with a fucking injury. On a punt play. In my defense, he was on punt. Hey, McVay, how about taking him off punt team if he's your starting tight end this week? I don't know. Anyway. ER Bo comes in with some bombs. Welcome back. Eric Turman, welcome to the show. Says two, give us a tight, clean five minutes. We'll light you at four. That's what it is. It's a show. It's an absolute show, Manning show. But welcome to the bottom line bombs. 100th episode with the man in the box. Let's recap what happened in the NFL this yesterday. We already gave out the Monday night bombs. Um, the contest picks are three and one with the Giants tonight. So hopefully we'll go four and one, start off that quarter. We hit Buffalo. That was the biggest game of the day. Buffalo, they won 20 to 17 versus Kansas City. Um, before we even get into the whole offside thing with Kadarius Tony, I forgot to even mention this when I made the play on Thursday's show. The Sean McDermott story. How fucking hilarious is that story? 
Sean McDermott, the coach of the Bills, I guess during a meet, during a meeting trying to pump up the troops. And I say that with uh, especially during Army Navy weekend. Uh, he tells a story about how the the attackers of 9-11 were great planners. That that was his motivational speech to the, to his team about following things following things through and following plans through. Like, uh, all right, all right, coach. Um, you, yeah, you might be right. They're, they they did they did a good plan, sure. But there are other ways we can get this point across. There's other people that have also executed a game plan other than Al Qaeda and the terrorists that attacked our country on 9/11. Coach, uh, how about how about some of the other great U.S. military? How about this? That's the whole thing with football too. They love pushing the military into it, and. Uh, I mean, obviously the players don't care. That was a big, so that was a big story that came out, you know, and how players were like, "Well, we didn't care." And of course, they didn't care, but how fucking bizarre! Tell you what, tell you what, you got to give one thing now to those nine eleven guys. Anytime, it's, anytime it starts off like that, you just don't, just don't do it. No matter what point you're trying to prove, it will not be worth it. Tell you what, one thing you got to give about Jeffrey Dahmer, he, uh, he didn't fill up on carbs, that's for sure. He was a meat eater. Um, it's <laughs> The point is, oh, I should bring back the Zippy, the Zippy Tragedy Show, right? They still do that? They still got that? They still got that? Did they take it off? I got to get my own soundboard. Well, this is crazy. Or is it on the other one? Hold on. Oh, I did hear Kirk Cousins will be on uh, Manning Cast tonight. You like that? You like How that? How unexciting is that? Jesus Christ. Oh, you know, I can I can just play it right here. What am I doing? I have the thing. I thought I had a... There it is for the zip, zippy tragedies. All right, men. One thing was one one thing we could all agree upon: the terrorists of 9/11 executed a hell of a game plan. No matter which side you are in the Gaza Strip, we can all agree every side deserves to die. If you're new to the show, that's the old Zippy Tragedy segment I do, where I use that song to make any trend that terrible news sound good or terrible takes, and those are terrible, terrible takes. All right, let's get to the game. So then uh, Buffalo won 2017. Obviously, the play of the game was the Chiefs had the most amazing play where they hit Mahomes, it's Kelsey. Kelsey laddles it back to Kadarius Tony out of nowhere, scores a touchdown, and then they call offsides. Canaries Tony lined up a good three yards offside. They're saying a yard. It's like three yards. If you look at my thumbnail, I mean, he's a full yard. Mahomes barely, it doesn't even get the ball yet in the snap, and he's five yards downfield. He's like Robin Williams in best of times. It's insane. The left tackle's five yards behind the line of scrimmage. Everything about this formation is illegal. And so then what happened was, so then they lose because of that. And it was because of that, because they did not recover after the whole stadium was like, what? Oh, offsides on Tony. They never call that, but it's Kadarius Tony. It's what he does. He's, he's always fucking up big situations. My buddy, Sean Flannery, who I do a podcast with called the Blackout Diaries. It's a drinking story, drinking story time show. If you want to subscribe to that, it's a very fun show. He made the point, he goes, Canarius Tony, he's like a cartoon figure of a guy who always fucks up big situations. He's like Roger Rabbit or Jar Jar Binks. There's always something great happening, and he's like, whoa, did I do that? Or, yes, Urkel, you did that. And Tony, I mean, he's crazy offsides. That's the thing. He's completely offsides. 
and Mahomes and Reed flip out afterwards. I get they're upset you lost, and it's a, it seems like a ticky tack call. They must not have seen it. They're like, for, for them to call that, Mahomes spazzed out. And like I'm, when I first do it, I'm like, is he yelling at a teammate or a coach or something? No, he was yelling at the refs. And I, you know, he's wrong. Now, here's the thing. I, I th- what we saw yesterday was for the first time was Brittany's husband, Brittany Mahomes' husband there. Because that was always the thing with Patrick Mahomes. Like his, his wife seems like hell on earth. His brother's a douchebag. What is going on? Why is Patrick Mahomes putting himself in a situation? Well, maybe he is that situation. Maybe he is that person. He's just like those people. It's just that he's always won. And now the first time someone went against him, he spazzes out like a fucking douchebag. And like, oh, wait a minute. That's the guy who's married to Brittany Mahomes. You're the guys who, you, you treat waiters terribly, don't you? You're horrible. And then he's like, he kept complaining about it. Like, there's footage of him now when, he, when him and Josh Allen hugged at half court, half field. He's like, dumbest fucking call I've ever seen. Like, he's still complaining about it, thinking everyone. He see the thing is, he thought everyone's gonna be on his side. And the irony, irony, the irony, the irony, the ironic part about it is, if he did this, if he spazzed out last week when they didn't call interference on in Green Bay, then we would have been fine. We're like, yeah, you're right. That was ridiculous. You should get these refs fired. But he's like, no, just let them play. And now he's like, how these fuckers do this? And it's like these people who, who like post these videos like of a of a retail worker or something, like giving them tr- like, you know, can you believe this service I got? And everyone's like, Yeah, no, I'm on their side. That's not the flex you think it is. The whole video is like, yeah, I'm I'm on the lady behind the counter side, actually. You're terrible. He's at work. Why are you giving him shit like this? And the ref is like, you think I wanted to call this? He was three yards across the fucking line. Mahomes like, it had no effect on the play. First of all, he scored the touchdown. It had a little effect on the play. And two, they didn't know if he was going to have an effect on the play. He just called it because he's across the goddamn line. Like, well, he should have checked with him. Yeah, well, that's on him to check. It's Kadarius Tony. He's an idiot. Can we start blaming Kadarius Tony for anything? All they're saying is... The ref should ne- the ref should use discretion. He should ask. He should ask if he's okay, if he knows what he's doing, because he doesn't know what he's doing. He's Kadarius Tony. Ask him if he knows what's going on, because I'm pretty sure he has no clue. Captain Sano says, "Bet detective is on the case of Pat Mahomes." You're right. I'm telling you, Mahomes. Is a closeted D bag, and it's it's coming out. And I get it; you want to defend. They got to defend Tony, but it's in. I mean, <laughs> and first of all, he couldn't talk to the referee and ask him because he was he was like it was like a bunch formation. He was like right next to the tackle. Would you want the ref to come over to the ball and say, "Hey, you know you're uh, three feet ahead of the line of scrimmage right now, right?" You're basically playing linebacker right now. So funny. Eric Turner says McDermott's Niagara Falls story is even better. They tried to save a woman, but she died. Now go make your blocks. <laughs> oh, McDermott, these dumb bills. But they're on fire now. They want to play these Buffalo Bills. They, they well, whatever. I was going to say. McDermott, McDermott tried to lose that game. They got that free penalty to get the first down with two minutes to get two minutes eight seconds. He throws it three straight times and doesn't waste any clock after they kick the field goal. Like, what's he doing? I'm always in favor of firing coaches after wins. I, the the Bills should have fired McDermott in the locker room in Kansas City after beating the Chiefs on the road. Fire him, and not for the 9/11 story. The 9/11 story is hilarious, Coach. It was your clock management back there. I was supposed to bring up the banners. Look at the chat room getting lit. All right, let's move on. So, the other big game was a terrible game. Eagles-Dallas. Cowboys destroyed Eagles. Congratulations 
to all you awful, awful Cowboy fans out there. I didn't realize how many Cowboy fans I knew until they destroyed the Eagles last night, but they were texting me. Uh, Big Dom banned. Big Dom was banned from that. The Dom father. He went to the game. He didn't cross the line. He stood there. He said he's still greeting the players. I bet half the team had no idea who Big Dom was until last week. They were just meeting him. Oh, okay. Who are you again? There's always a thousand people on those fucking sidelines. And here's a problem with Big Dom. He couldn't hide. He couldn't put up a. You couldn't put a disguise on Big Dom. He's not like that Michigan coach. You know where Big Dom is. Um, there's a tomato pie. I'm almost getting sick of Big Dom, and I feel like I helped create it. With the Big Dom video, I got the costume. I was going to go to an Eagles bar dressed as Big Dom. I just I couldn't do it. I will say the term parmed and dangerous is pretty good. That, that, that's a pun. That's, that's a pun who got me. I tell you that much. Um, anyway. The Eagles fumbled three times. It didn't matter. That's, that's, it didn't matter. The Cowboys were winning that game. Is there nothing more evil than a fucking Jerry? I, I mean, even if even the Cowboy fans that I know and I'm friends with, and I was just in Dallas. It's a great city. But the shots of Jerry Jones in the booth, I mean, it's like a fucking Dr. Evil booth in there. But it's just Texas oil money and scotch and just fucking dentures and just... Speaking of 9-11 and terrorists, I'm not saying I wish a terrorist attack on it, but if they, if they need a target, I'd start with the uh, start with the start with the uh, Jerry Jones booth in Dallas. Chase Bentley coming in late says DeVito gets a statue after tonight. Forget about it. What's that? He's going to have a big game tonight. Why? Because he got to stay Sunday at home. See, DeVito on Sundays is no good. He misses his family. He gets his, gets a Sunday gravy and their dinner at 2 p.m. Those Portuguese deckmans. <laughs> those Diego's deckhands. Italians eat dinner so early on Sundays. Oh, my God. They love it. They fucking love it. <laughs> Anyway, Cowboys win. Uh, who else? What else we got here? Oh man, we're gonna, I'm running it late. The hundredth episode. I'm running so late. Let me um, let me pull up an ad read, and we'll come back. We'll recap the rest of the NFL action and my bombs that I gave out. And we got a man in the box, of course, coming up at the end. But first, let me tell you about. Let's see. Uh, Hall of Fame bets. Is that what I want to tell you about? Let me see if I can pull up something that makes you not have to look at me while I do this. Like that. Look at that. Should have done that for prize picks as well. But win bigger and buy betting smarter. The NFL season with Hall of Fame bets, the sports betting analytics platform for player props and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. And any parlay idea in the Hall of Fame bets. It's a parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg as well as expected probability. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching. Start winning with Hall of Fame bets. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back here on the Bottom Line Bombs with your host, CJ Sullivan, the man in the box, talking Tommy DeVito. I know. I get nervous because now, I, I, now I, I accept every Tommy DeVito start as a gift because I never I always thought he was going to leave us. But 
Can't kill Tommy. Can't kill Tommy that much. Look at me, just a kid from Brooklyn, as I called out Thursday. A kid from Brooklyn. Look at me, ma. On top of the wild. Tommy DeVito. Tommy Chicken Cutlets. What else happened? Uh, we won the Browns. That was amazing. Joe Flacco. Everyone's talking about how he's better than Deshaun Watson, which is hilarious. Um, Joe Flacco and Trevor Lawrence. We we've had to, we we gave it out as a contest pick at three and a half, which you got to do before the, they're due by Saturday morning. I give them out in a show on Thursday here in the Bottom Line Bombs, and that was before the Trevor Lawrence news that he was going to play, which I can't believe they let him play, and he looked fine. Except for the interceptions, which is crazy. I, it's, it was just insane. He was walking. I mean, we saw him on Monday night hobbling through the corridors because there's no golf carts apparently in Jacksonville, a state full of fucking golf carts. And then, then now Flacco is a hundred to one for comeback player of the year. That is pretty great for the hundredth episode. Why not? Um. And then Jacksonville, so they're winning the whole game, and then Jacksonville tries to backdoor it. The line was all over the place. A lot of them had three. Jacksonville scores a touchdown with a minute to go, no timeouts, and then Doug Peterson goes for two. And the second he went for two, you knew they weren't going to get it. I mean, there was nothing more certain because it had something to do with point spreads. Why did you go for two? Oh, the analytics. I love when gamblers who don't know analytics explain, try to explain analytics like Cleveland Brown backers. And I was one of them. I had minus three and a half talking to someone who had Jacksonville plus three and a half. And I'm trying to explain why it's the right move to go for two there. Even though I have no clue what I'm talking about to me. Yeah. The old school seems like you kick the fucking extra point. That way a field goal ties the game. And I get, and I get the reasoning, whatever they say now, like, well, you don't, but then winning in overtime is a whole new thing, and you don't play to see if you can miss it. But the best is, we don't know that we're gamblers. So Jacksonville fans are like, well, you kicked the extra point there because that seems basic. And us Cleveland backers are like, no, no, no. If you if you look at the MIT spreadsheet I got here, uh, the, the the numbers say what do the numbers say? Explain it to me. Show your work. Okay, okay. The numbers say uh, on the road uh, in a blue collar city with weather that's uninhabitable uh, and where the economy has been downtrodden for fifty years. A former industrial star. Is now uh, what was also a lake that was on fire. Then um, winning in overtime, the pressure is uh, you go for two, so you miss it, so I can win my bet. That's what the analytics say, and it worked out. Thank you, Doug Peterson, for going for two and losing by four like a man. You know why? You know why you go for two and lose by four? Because they didn't deserve to cover, and they knew it. Doug Peterson knew it. So thank you. How about that Ravens-Rams game? If anyone should have been complaining about the referees, you got Mahomes, Brittany, Brittany Mahomes' husband, and Andy Reid crying about a thing where a guy was clearly offsides. The Rams, they lost on a punt return. There were fucking... Why did I curse right there? Because that's how angry I was about it. I wanted the Rams to win this game. Because so many people had Ravens and Survivor. Um, even though they covered a seven out. There was like four blocking the backs in that punt by easy that you could see in real time without even replaying it. But the refs are like, ah, I love anytime the refs just get caught up in the party of a punt return. Yeah, touchdown. We did it. What do you mean we did it? Oh, I mean, let's get out of here. The weather is bad. That was another thing. The weather was bad in Baltimore. They're like, let's how much more do we want of this shit? I can't take 10 more fucking minutes. I don't want to tie. The refs are like, let's get the hell out of here. So I can't be too mad at them. But the Rams didn't say anything. But that was insane that they didn't call block. I mean, it was just blocked in the backs. And it, it was, you know why you could tell they were blocking the backs? Because every time a, the Ravens player would shove, clip the guys, they used to call them back in my day, they put their hands up 
the old I'm completely innocent hands up, which only innocent people do. Usually after being held or getting interfered with. Nope. I, I'm obviously not guilty, or why would both my hands be assumed a position like this, referee? This is how someone plays football, right? With both hands up, like I'm getting arrested. Ryan Hasey says, Jordan, love even money for an interception. Love it. Jo I Jordan, love it. I mean, I'd throw a Tommy DeVito interception in there, too. I, I'm not afraid to parlay these interceptions together. Although Jordan Love doesn't look great. But here's another reason why I like the Giants tonight is because the Packers have been great lately. They're on fire as underdogs versus Kansas City at home. At Detroit on Thanksgiving, Detroit's falling apart. Kansas City might not be the win we actually even think it is anymore. Et cetera. Packers look good. But as a touchdown favorite on the road, eh, it's a different story. Hands up, don't flag, Eric Terman says. I got you. <laughs> That's a good play on words. Um, what other games were there? There was, before we get to the man in the box segment, San Francisco is now the one seed because of this mess. They beat Seattle. That line was all over the place. It went from 10 to 13. They won by 12 because Geno Smith hurt himself in practice in a Geno Smith way. He ran, ran into his teammate. What are you doing, Geno Smith? What are you running at all in practice for? Your season's on the line. This idiot's falling in the lineman. Drew Locke didn't play bad, though. It wasn't Drew Locke's fault. There was a fight at the end of that game because the Niners, the Niners are so obnoxious. They love talking trash and whining, especially when they're up front. When they're up front, they're from behind. If they lose, things not the same way. But anyway, uh, they got in a big fight. DK Metcalf gets kicked out. I love DK Metcalf. His new thing this year is he he celebrates in sign language, and he's a big hit with the deaf community. So he'll score a touchdown, and he does a sign language celebration. So in the deaf community. Uh, no pun intended, feels heard. The blind community is seen. The deaf community is heard, as the kids say. Um, which I think is important. There's a deaf character in the Eternals movie. I went to go see the Eternals movie when it was out in the theater. I'll reserve my uh, review of it. Because I know one of the Eternals, which actually isn't uh, a flex at all to say you know one of those superheroes because there's 4,000 of them, it seems like. The, the cast is so – that's like the Kevin Bacon rule, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. You'll personally know one of the Eternals just by, li just by listening to podcasts or living in America. Anyway, um, but one of the characters is deaf, and then in front of us – there was a deaf kid and his brother or whatever, and they were like, they had those, like, they had the special headphones on, whatever, and it shows the words, like, in the letterbox or whatever. It's a special device. So it's pretty cool. And then they're like, oh, you know, it's, it's great. Oh, I'm, I was, two people were watching it, but they couldn't, they couldn't get all the words. So the one brother was, like, signing to his other brother the rest of the words, you know. And we're behind him. We're like, oh, that's, that's cool that the deaf community, you know, is represented. I got, you know, representation matters. I can see, I can see that when I feel left out. This must be awesome for him. But it kind of sucks they have to sign language to each other. And then my buddy Nick who's next to me is like, not, I don't think he's even signing the movie. They're just having their own conversation. Like this. And they were. After 20 minutes, like, this movie sucks. They were just signing to each other, talking shit about the Eternals. But it's great to have a deaf character up there, but also, can we get out of here? When can we leave? We can't walk. We can't. I'm, I'm also doing fake hand signals if you're watching on YouTube. I'm just I'm just going like <laughs> pitter-patter with my hands. Maybe I should learn sign language. Well, I wonder how long DK Metcalf did to do that. But that must be that must suck for those deaf kids because they know, they know everyone's looking at them. You can't you can't walk out on a movie when one of the main characters is deaf. Like, no, this is for you. We want you to have this. You can't just leave. <laughs> anyway. Minnesota, Vegas. That was a game. Oh, my good God. Three-nothing Minnesota. 
It was 0-0 with a two-minute warning or three minutes to go. It was 0-0 going into the fourth quarter, the first time in Raiders history it's ever happened. Josh, I like how we're – I mean, when that game – that game, like, I didn't even know if it was actually occurring. I was watching the Chiefs game, watching uh, – A little bit of the Chargers-Bronco game. That game was awful. You knew that was going to be bad. The, the Vikings-Raider game, it didn't seem like it was happening. I'm like, are they on a weather delay? What's going on? Why is it still 0-0 over there? Nothing is happening. Justin Jefferson, he's like, yeah, that's it. I'm, I I had enough. Hey, you guys put me in your lineups? Yeah, I'm I'm going to get a couple plays in, get you know, a couple of hits under my belt, and then I'm going to get the fuck out of here. And he did. He got, he's like, yeah, remember when I said, I don't want to come back this year. Yeah. I meant that. And now I'm going back to the IR that, that, that's, that was enough. So that was fun. Justin Jefferson, great comeback to her. Glad I held on to you all year. My, for my fantasy team to toss you in there to, for you to play two plays and get the hell out of there. That was great. All right. We'll see you next year. JJ. He openly said he doesn't want to play this year, but Zach Wilson says that, and he gets fucking rung up. He gets all the shit for it. Everyone's like, fuck you, Zach Wilson. You're, you're a quitter. Justin Jefferson, like, yeah, that's smart. Protect yourself. That's because we hate Zach Wilson, and we like Justin Jefferson. That's how that comes down to. Zach Wilson, we, that, we had the Jets. That was our bomb. They won outright. That was a bad beat. I also had the under. It was nothing, nothing at halftime. The over under is 33 and a half. The Jets scored 30 second-half points. What? Not only did they score 30, it was still going to hit. It was 27 to 6. So it was 33. Over-under was 33 and a half. And Robert Sally kicks a field goal with a minute to go. They're up 21. What are you doing? I hate Robert Sally. Good God. Anyway, congratulations to Zach Wilson. <laughs> so, yeah, we hit those bombs. We hit Buffalo, we hit Cleveland, we hit the Jets, and we had the Giants tonight. Lost Indy to Cincinnati. That was just, well, what are you going to do? That was Minshew mania. Anyway, um, yeah, that's the Week 14 recap. And the Giants, welcome to the 100th episode of the Bottom Line Bombs. Uh, let's get to the box while we're at it. We're, we're doing a tight one. Whoa. <laughs> Speaking of a tight one, I just saw me in a tight box cloak. My head looks bigger than normal. Look how huge my head is. In high school, they used to joke that my head was nine and three-eighths. Full size, nine and three-eighths. I would have to get a special helmet for the football team. Always embarrassing. I was told by a um, general manager at Lids in the Mall of America, Minnesota, that I have an unfortunate sized head, unfortunately sized head. And that's the manager at lids. He's an expert at heads. There's four lids in the mall of America. They're all a like kitty corner from each other. There's a lids in, in each direction. How many lids do you need? Anyway, unfortunate sized head in the box coming at you. Look at that. Is my mustache already coming back. I shaved my mustache for my big Dom video. The Dommenheimer, the Dom father, free Dom. Speaking of which, these idiots in Philly, the marketing guys, they, they, had, they had a free big Dom campaign going with the shirts. How do I have to write everything for you guys? Not free big Dom, free Dom as in freedom. And you put that in the Italian colors. What do I have to think of everything for you guys? Come on. Anyway. Um, so yeah, welcome to the 100th episode. I could do a sentimental. Thank you. Thank you. See generates for being here. I don't know how that works. I will congratulate JC from KC. He was in the chat room. He was the winner. He got a free bottom line bombs, man in a box hoodie coming his way. For screen grabbing his Spotify list. He didn't even do the Spotify list. He had a YouTube list he showed me because he watches on YouTube. But, you know, the Spotify wrapped list, people in your top 5%, which I don't trust those numbers anyway, so I don't even care. But I know JC from KC. He's the ambassador to C. Jenner, so he's got a free sweatshirt. And anyone that – he's still got a free shirt with a good five-star review. 
Eh, it doesn't have to be doesn't even have to be a good review. Like I said, it can be a bad review. You can make it funny, whatever you want to do. But make sure it's five stars. Don't don't fuck my algorithm here. Don't you fuck don't you fuck with Big Dom's algorithm. Listen, you do the five stars, you yelp, you go to TripAdvisor. <laughs> you go to the uh, review app, the uh, Google app, you star it. You bomb, you go over to go over to Barstool and bomb them if you want. I'm just kidding. Don't bomb, don't 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 put those stoolies after me. <laughs> oh man. The stoolies. I can get into all that, but I won't. Reaction videos. Is every fucking video what I hate you know I do hate about videos right now. It used to be if something funny was happening, you would record you would record it happening. Or even a show clip. You would show a clip of something, whatever. That would be you that'd be YouTube. I miss those days. Where you'd record something funny and post it on there, and that person would become a star. But now the person posting it wants to be a star too. So it's their face. Speaking of this face from in the box. Staring at their phone camera while the event's happening behind them. Like there was one today of a Southwest pilot, you know, introducing himself to ACDC or something. And it's just a kid's face like looking at just doing stupid reactions to everything. Like you're the fucking, can you believe this? Wild. Isn't this wild and insane and unhinged? Like why do I have to look at your face reacting to the moment? Uh-huh, right, sure. They showed a clip. I showed a clip. I showed a clip. They showed me a clip. That's how clips work. Whatever's in your algorithm. TikTok, they 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 take over. I had a clip from Penn and Teller's Fool Us. That's magic show where the magician tries to fool. So it's this magician. They're showing he's showing a clip from the show, from an episode, where this magician fools Penn and Teller. Whatever. It's a fine clip. Whatever. But it's got to be split screen with some douchebag looking, watching with you. And he's asking questions. Wait, I know you did that. He did that. Oh, wild. Oh, fuck your reactions. I hate reaction videos. If you want to be exploitive reactions, like, you know, the classic uh, black kid hears classic rock for the first time, that exploitive reaction, something like that. All right, fine. I get the, I get the hook. But when you're just st just a face staring at your phone while an actual event that's worth watching is happening, fuck off. That's and, and then they get views. Someone will post their video and then someone will repost it with them reacting to it and they'll get more views because, <sighs> because life's great right now. Look at me. Look at the man in the box getting fired up and I'd even get into my segment. <laughs> And that's how I go along every week here for 100 episodes. Uh, make sure you hit the like button <laughs> to on the YouTube, the thumbs up. I don't care if you like it. Just say you do by clicking thumbs up. Anyway, uh, the big story that came out over the weekend was the Shohei Otani story signed here in Los Angeles with the Dodgers for $700 million. Wow. That's a lot of money. In Los Angeles, too. Now, if he wants, Shohei could buy a house here in L.A. with two bedrooms. $700 billion and a trillion three hundred million. $700 million, two-bedroom house. That's the joke. Real estate is expensive here in Los Angeles. <laughs> e. Arbo says, I feel your pain, Bat Detective. I know. Well, I'm the man in the box. That's what I do. When I'm in the box, I start ranting. Um, anyway, $700 million. So I had a ticket for Shohei to go to the Blue Jays at 25 to 1. Um, it wasn't a lot. It was like 20 bucks to win 500. It was fun. I, so I, it was, I did it a while ago. I think Jason Stark, someone had a report that it was a possibility. I'm like, yeah, 25 to one. Why not? And then I started getting down to the last couple teams and it became a real possibility. His, it was like three to one, two to one, you know? And then there was that wild day, um, on Friday 
where it was, they were basically saying it was a done deal that Otani was going to Toronto. Turned out to be erroneous reporting, which was funny in a lot of ways. I don't, I don't mind losing a ticket. I don't care. Whatever. He went to LA. He should go to LA actually. He, he stayed in LA, which is kind of funny too. Oh, do you want a new town? No, I don't want a new town. I just, I just, I just want to be away from you angels. Oh, I see. You probably want to explore the country. Nope. I'm done exploring. I like LA. I just hate you. Okay. Wish you didn't say it like that, but all right. Um, so anyway, like I said, I'm not mad you didn't go to Toronto. It's okay. But the reporting was hilarious. They're like, oh, he's on a he's on a private jet track. There's a, there's a private jet going from Calabasas to Toronto. Turns out it was the guy from like Shark Tank. Um, but where the reporting really got bad was uh which was downright racist. They, were, they reported that there was a sushi restaurant that was reserved out right by the Rogers Center in Toronto. So that was a sign that Shohei was coming to Toronto and there was going to be a big party because the one sushi restaurant up there got booked up. I mean, I'm offended. As a uh, borderline racist myself, <laughs> when it comes to comedy, I'm not deep down. Come on, guys. But, I mean, geez, when I heard that, like, what? Come on. Now we're making shit up. It's hilarious, but... You know that he loves sushi. That's all. That's all they know. They like what else? There's gonna be anime. There's gonna be an anime show there, and uh, there's gonna be a big uh, rice bucket like Scrooge McDuck. You could jump into with all his money, but it'll be rice. You know what I mean? We're gonna have a few geishas for him. We're gonna go ahead and bound those feet. You know what I mean? Like, jeez, ESPN in general was just fucking going nuts with Shohei. They were legit angry that he was, like, being secret. Not even secret, that he wasn't rushing to judgment. It's a guy's life decision. Like, they should make a rule. They should make a MLB should make a rule that you have to stop fucking announcing sign and be open about it. And then they were, like, he was getting mad because he was getting mad that other teams were talking about it. Like, Dave Roberts got in trouble for talking about it in Chicago whatever. And then people are like, well, if if you're if that's what's getting you upset, that people are talking about you, then you're probably not right for us. We don't even want you. Like Wilbon said that about Chicago. Oh no, you don't want Otani. Seven hundred million. Pretty amazing. I like how people talk about the contract too. Like everyone's a money manager. Well, yeah, it's seven hundred million, but he's deferring a lot of it so they can get other free agents. Other free agents the fuck are you talking about? No, this is it, Shohei. You're it, buddy. Shohei, meet Mookie. Mookie, meet Shohei. You guys win a World Series, all right? You guys have over, you guys are worth over a billion dollars, the two of you. 700 billion and a trillion 300 million. But, but people are like, but yeah, all of a sudden people are financial advisors. Like, well, you know, he's deferring it so they can clear up room. And then after taxes and estate tax, he probably won't only get 320 million. And then, you know, then he's got to go worldwide. Then he's got to, you know, he's got to uh, pay for the real estate here in California. Yeah. Okay. It's a lot of money. Just can we leave it at that? It's the most money that's ever been sent on a contract. In the history of sports. And he came and pitched this guy. This guy came and pitched till 20. Wait, he should re-up it once he can pitch. But I tell you what's also uh, nauseating is when sportscasters and just people, the sports operators, they start comparing cities about like what it's better to live in as a star. Like any one of them would know how, how, what the fuck this town is capable of on her salary. You got sports talk people from LA and Toronto going back and forth about what's a better city to live in as a multimillionaire celebrity. How would you know? At best, you get sat down at a steakhouse before a Blue Jay game. I mean, <laughs> at, at Mastro's. Let me tell you, no better place in the world, Shohei, to spend your $700 million than in Toronto and Los Angeles. How would the fuck would you know? You live in, you live in Reseda. Fred Rogan. Not Fred Rogan. Fred Rogan's the king. But you know what I mean.
But I love when they argue. Yeah, some people are like, oh, why would you want to live anywhere else but L.A.? I don't know. Um, a lot of people do. And the taxes aren't that bad. Yeah, the taxes aren't that bad because you don't make money. If you make $700 million, then the taxes get bad. That's a lot of money they're taking from you. Anyway, that's going to do it for... Did I not get to the Matt Wright fucking video thing? Why do I keep pushing that? Now, because now we're already... We're getting to an hour. I don't want to get to that. I did already did the show, hey. Maybe this will be like my... Uh, my Matt Damon thing for Jimmy Kimmel, something I keep bumping this this man in the box segment. I don't I don't even want to talk about Matt Rife. I want to talk about the people's video reactions to Matt Rife. And I'll do that Thursday. That'll be my man in the box Thursday. I promise. No, I don't promise it. It probably won't even happen then either. Why would I make a why would I promise something like that? Maybe something better will come up by then. Like something for the Manning cast tonight. Maybe they'll get uh Kirk Cousins to sing a song about Eric Clapton's baby falling out of a window. You never know. Anything can happen on that Manning cast. It happened last week with Tua. All right. That's going to do it. Thank you, everybody. In the chat room, so great for to join me for my 100th episode. Ryan Hassel, Captain Sano, E. Arbo, Chase Bentley. Um, Sounds of Suburbia, JC from KC, Lane Elliott, Ryan Hassel, everybody. Thank you for uh, becoming the new fan, old fans, whatever you want to do. Um Follow me on Instagram at CJ Sullivan was taken, not like Liam Neeson, like it was actually taken, uh, or on X at CJ Sullivan underscore. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Bottom Line Bombs, all that shit. You'll get all the Man in the Box videos and everything, and some Dom videos. There might be some more Dom videos coming up. You never know. Anyway, thank you and enjoy everything. Here comes a theme song to finally end me talking. <laughs>